and ladies and gentlemen, we are once again back right here on the No One Ready Business Show. Uh, another excellent episode for you guys today. You know, I like to bring you some of the best, uh, most interesting, and most excellent folks here in Atlanta doing great things for our community, doing great things in business. And today, I'm bringing you nothing less. Uh, sitting down with two of my good friends from Turnaround Community Outreach. We're going to have a conversation with mental health. And I know y'all didn't see me over the last year, so y'all know. This is going to be a good show today. <laughs> Mr. Davin Geralds and Tia Geralds, thank you so much for joining me today. How y'all doing today? We're doing well. Thank you for having us. Mental yeah. health. I can't yeah, wait to get it. to this that's conversation. It. That's, <laughs> it. that's it. So so tell me a little bit uh, about yourselves and tell me a little bit about your organization. So I'm Davin Geralds and I'm the uh, co-founder, president, and CEO of Turnaround Community Outreach. Uh, we're a mental health and behavioral health service provider okay. uh, located here in, uh, in well, actually in Gwinnett County, uh, but we service up to nine different counties wow. uh, in the you know, great state of Georgia. And I'm going to let my wife introduce herself. <laughs> well, I am Takia Geralds, and I'm a licensed professional counselor. Okay. And um, like Davin said, I am the co-CEO and co-founder of Turnaround Community outreach we also have a location in baton rouge louisiana so wow. that's our corporate foundation and so we were able to grow into georgia and we are so excited about being able to service the georgia community now, now you guys are, are not just in the mental health game you guys are entrepreneurs y'all do a lot of different things in business right definitely <laughs> <laughs> i mean don't be afraid to everybody now but uh, speaking of mental health, tell me some of the things that the organization are doing and some of the things that you guys are targeting. Uh, well, currently we are providing mental health um, services to individuals uh, with a variety of mental health disorders. And so we provide them with individual family and uh, group counseling, also substance abuse counseling. So okay. that's what we do. No, and, and that's that's such noble and important work this day and age because I didn't believe in it because uh, as a child, I had a dysfunctional family and this type of stuff. And then, of course, here come the counselors and this type of stuff. And a lot of times they put you with folks that don't look like you. They can't relate to you. So I just had some negative experiences with it. But going through a divorce and seeing the anger in my daughter, putting her in counseling, now I'm starting to see a positive change and a positive impact. So definitely, definitely, I, I really, really value mental health and the therapy and the work that you guys are doing. Thank you. What's some of the what's some of the things that you guys are are, are kind of seeing that's that's going on this day and age? Because I know the substance abuse, the depression in kids, and suicide rate in teenagers and stuff like that. You're seeing such a, a increase in this. So, what's some of the, some of the things that you guys are encountering? Yeah, so I guess some of the things that we're you know currently encountering, we've noticed like you know, a lot of you know anxiety and depression amongst our youth. Uh, I know it's a uh, stat that goes around it's about like one out of every five kids deal with some sort of um, you know mental health disorder or whatnot and a lot of times it's due to you know a lot of the you know social media you know oh, yeah. today uh, that's a very big part of it uh, you have a lot of cyber bullying and whatnot and uh, we recently uh you know made some connections with the uh pub with the public school system and they are you know, they, they're pretty excited about, you know, having a service provider like us because they, uh, the, the guidance counselors, they pretty much seem like they're overwhelmed because they, they have to deal with, you know, student curriculum and, oh, yeah. and courses and, and things of that sort. But then when the students come in with these personal problems and some of the issues and 
uh, things that they deal with on a day-to-day basis, just from a life standpoint, that they they really struggle with it. So uh, these guys counselors, they've they begun to reach out to us and uh, send us over, uh, you know, students and individuals along with their families in order to, you know, come in, try to come in and help, uh, you know, heal the families and whatnot and, and, and just provide them with the needed services that they need. So, you know, they can have the, the type of quality of life that, you know, they would you know, want to have and, you know, be great to have. Let's talk about the social media thing for a while, because, you know, I think a lot of parents really don't understand the impact and the influence that that creates in these children's lives. And a a lot of times you got to go through your own mistakes and you have to see it for yourself. And and I've noticed, you know, raising daughters myself and this type of thing, you know, those those periods of time I I let the social media go a little bit too far, didn't monitor it as tight as I needed to. I actually saw attitude and behavioral changes in these children like getting attitudes or feeling depressed because I'm not as good as this person. I ain't got what this person got in this type of stuff. What What are some of the things that, that you talk to teens about when it comes to that, that type of thing? Uh, during those sessions, and we've had plenty of these where we talk about like your own reality. So, you know, this is their, what they are, you know, displaying on social media. That may not be exactly what it is. (laughs) You have to focus on yourself. Like, hey, they're posting that they have these different things, but it could be for their cousins. You never know who it's for. You never know. So just focus on your own reality and being the best you that you can possibly be. And don't do the comparison. I think that's where the strain really comes in, the lower self-esteem and the depression and the suicidal ideations because they're constantly comparing themselves to other individuals on social media, whether it's their peers or celebrities, and then the added pressure to be someone who they who they really aren't. So we just focus on like being the best overall you. What are your talents? What are your strengths? What are you good at? And focus on those things ex- instead of social media. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and just for me, I think I you know, tell just my, our own, you know, we, we parents of two uh, sons, ourselves, a 15 year old and a two year old. And, you know, with him, I, I, I kind of always mention to him, just put the blinders on. Okay. You, know, you see the, you see the racehorses before they come out of their, you know, starting blocks or whatnot, they always have blinders on so they can focus on their finish line. So it's, I, I'd like to use that analogy, like, you just put put your blinders on, you, you know, whatnot. Focus what it is on what it is you want to accomplish, what you want to do, and what you see yourself doing. And it just uh, speaks to what uh, Takia was just mentioning about, you know, that, that kind of keeps you from doing that comparison. Oh, yeah. Now, now, when you do you work with the parents at all? Yes. What, what do you tell parents? Because the one thing I do see, I've taken it away completely. No access whatsoever. And I see a, def, a definitive change their behavior but let's face it this is the world that they got to live in so at some point they got to deal with it so how do you tell parents to deal with that Mm, definitely just monitoring the amount of time like with our son we always you know hey give me the phone at this time you know it has to be a cutoff to where you can kind of like relieve yourself from social media and like you said this is a day and age where we are in tune with uh, social media, the internet, we're always looking at news. So you can't get away from it. It's oh, yeah. inevitable. 
So um, just monitoring the amount of time. And then for most parents, it's the initial part, like taking it away. It's so much <laughs> like, give me my phone. I need my phone. I, I What am I going to do without my phone? Or they like to use the excuse, oh, yeah. I need it for school. But oh, yeah. you're really on social media at the same time. So, you know, after that initial um head button with taking the phones <laughs> away then things actually you do see a difference i think with just us parents and when we take the phone away or you know whatever we spend more time with him he's downstairs with oh, us yeah. we watching movies we having the great conversations the dialogue is there but when they have those the devices in their hands it's just like a separation but it, it, it's such a two-edged sword because the simple fact of it's like we've created so much power around this little device and this type of stuff but when you take it away from you, you still need it. Like, damn, she at school. I can't talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But no, I definitely hear you on, on, on the monitoring thing because I'm, I'm starting to think it's like, yes, I don't want you around these influences. And yes, I need to get you under control. But in the same breath, just the world that you got to live in. So at some point, we got to integrate some of this back in. For sure. And then how does social media benefit you? Okay, so if your daughters are talented, like in what ways are they? Are they are they actors? Okay, so if you're gonna be on social media, you need to be posting like positive things or things that you know like exemplify your talent. So use it in a manner to where you're growing, not that you're absorbing so many other people's content, but you're actually the influencer. Mm. And that's another way to look at it, especially if you have talented kids. Yeah, or for for myself personally, I, I use social media. And I you know, feel like I'm an avid user of it, but you know, like just speaks to what she said. What are you using it for? Like I, I, I spend a lot of time listening to other, you know, uh, entrepreneurs, other business folks, motivational oh, yeah. speakers, and whatnot, just to you know have something like if you're going to consume the content, let it be content that's going to be uh, suitable and beneficial to you know growth. you and your growth. So I think that's a, you know, that's that's just a conversation that. We got to have with you know, ourselves, with uh, with our kids and, you know, just with others just to you know, kind of help them to understand, like, OK, if you're going to spend the time on the device, let the time be used wisely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, now what are some other things that you guys are saying? Because, of course, I think every parent out here can identify with the social media. Yes. <laughs> but what, what are some other things, some other family issues and stuff that y'all see have been big problems in children? That's trauma. Yes, trauma. Absolutely. And domestic violence. I believe during COVID, our uh, counselors had to really chime in on like cognitive behavioral therapy. I mean, trauma focused solutions because there was so much domestic violence taking place. If you have a household of eight and it's a two bedroom household and every no one can go anywhere. Everyone is in the house, frustrated, agitated. There's some, you know, friction that goes along and then it turns into violence. And then, you know, the police is calling and then now everybody needs a, you know, a counseling session. So we really saw an increase in trauma across the board. Wow. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, one thing just like, I think the pandemic, it kind of, you know, put the magnifying glass on, you know, just the family dynamics because, you know, you start noticing a lot more, you know, issue, underlying issues that, you know, that exist, you know, in the family versus, you know, you may not get that same type of, you know, uh, insight on it when everyone's kind of out doing their own thing and you don't get to spend that quality time with each other. Oh, yeah. And that kind of, you know, 
like I said, it just put the magnifying glass on that. You know, you know what? One of the biggest things that I saw, being an entrepreneur, you stay busy. And if you really, the, the bigger you try to scale your business, I remember the, the biggest heights in my business, my office in Midtown and all this type of stuff, but I'm not at home. And, and not being able to be there and not having that family dynamic like we should. I mean, <clears throat> I can see where that, that leads to so many other problems and this type of stuff. How do you help families kind of manage that type of thing? Like with you two being busy entrepreneurs, I know you got a huge football star and this type of stuff. How do y'all manage that and make sure that you're giving both boys ample time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I I think it's just, you know, having that balance, uh, you know, knowing when to, you know, put work down and put it to the, put it to the side. And I think, you know, that's something we had to learn uh, because coming into entrepreneurship, we, we uh, both owned some other and operated some other businesses in the past. But uh, I don't think we were, you know, full time or parents at the time when okay. we were doing so. So. Like these last few years, we've had a, a you know opportunity to really you know learn and, and self evaluate. Like, hey, you know, I didn't spend you know maybe fifteen you know fourteen hours you know working on you know my, our business or whatnot. Hey, we need to we definitely gotta you know at a certain times you know whether it be like oh, yeah. six o'clock p.m. Yeah. seven o'clock p.m. Like we got you got to have that cut off and like hey you know put the computer down. Now I got a time to. You had to take time to spend that time with your, you know, with our 15 year old, spend that quality time with our two year old to give them that undivided attention that they need. And because they, you know, they let you know whether it's, you know, verbally or, you know, it's through their actions or whatnot. Like we have a two year old and I feel like he's very aware. Like when we, <laughs> when we kind of buried into our phone and uh -huh. into our devices or computer, he'll come by and start trying to knock it out your hand. Or, you know, he starts acting, you know, he starts acting out because he wants that attention. So, you know, as, uh, you know, as, as business owners and entrepreneurs and also being parents, you got to find that time to, you know, just cut, you know, cut it off. Like, Hey, I'm going to work from, you know, 6am to, you know, uh, five in the evening, and when I pick the kids up, that's it. That's a wrap. Like it's their time now. You know, time to you know help them with whatever uh, they need help with, whether it be school or you know just have a sit down. Like I want, I, I really you know pride myself on like taking at least you know fifteen to twenty minutes at the end of each day to just talk to you know our fifteen year old and just you know just see what's going on in life, what's going on in school. You know what's you know what's going on with him as a person individually and, and whatnot so i think that's you know that's that's vital no that's that's so commendable that y'all y'all picked up on that because i i can remember you know being in that type of relationship now i'm a single father raising both of them by myself and not being at home like that now it's like yeah i got to cut off at five o'clock these girls need time to spend with me i need to sit down and talk with them every day stay in their life stay in their face and all this other type of stuff and i think a lot of times especially when it's two of you parents so one of y'all kind of discounted a little bit because somebody got to go out here and earn for the family right. you know what i'm saying but i, I think it's just commendable that y'all are, are taking that time and, and really seeing that with as busy as you guys are and all that y'all are doing now how does it work as a merit a, a, a merit dynamic doing this i know y'all get on each other nerves don't it? <laughs> it happens it happens man it just it just go it, it, it. walk past each other's office, like... <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, I actually think we've 
done a great job of like compartmentalizing our roles. Okay. So Davrin is like the financial guru. He's going to make sure that we are in compliance and everything is in order. Um, and then my role is like the clinical role. So I'm dealing with the staff, ensuring that our clients get the best services. He's doing the marketing. And so one thing about it, we don't step on each other's toes. Okay. I wholeheartedly trust that our finances, our marketing, our referrals, everything is going to be taken care of because he has it. And he wholeheartedly trusts me in my lane. And then he doesn't interfere. I don't interfere with his. And then we come together. How's everything going? Everything going good? Or if there's any problems, we resolve them together and we keep it moving and i think that's what makes us successful together yeah i agree i agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> i agree wholeheartedly like uh, it, it really helps to have a you know a partner that's business savvy okay and just business minded as well and just knowing that like she say we i mean we you got your part i have my part and we know how to both play our roles to the best of our ability and I think that helps, you know, the the marriage dynamic. And then just, you know, go it goes, you know, again to that, you know, what we were speaking about when it's time, you know, taking time with the kids. You got to do the same thing when you're in your, you know, relationship uh with your, you know, significant other. Like just just as we, you know, have to put the, you know, laptop down, put the work down at the end of the day, end, at the end of the day to set that time aside for the kids. We have to set that same time aside for each other, whether okay. that be, you know, like just, hey, you know, after we put the, the kids to bed and, you know, they're in bed, hey, we sit down, maybe have a glass of wine together, talk about <laughs> talk about our day and, uh, you know, just just spend that 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 one on one time with each other. And that's, you know, critical. So you won't, you know, get so caught up in just, you know, the business and get caught up and you kind of start you know, feeling like there's a, a slight wedge dro driven in between you two when you're so focused on uh, just the work and the bottom line and, and uh, the, you know, meeting that margin and everything. Oh, yeah. You got to, you know, pull yourself away from it and, you know, separate. I, I, you know, I have to separate, you know, Daverin, the, you know, COO, CEO of the company from Daverin, the father and the husband. So, I mean, I think that's just critical. It's a, it's a must you got to do. No, that, that's that's so important. And, and for other, you know, entrepreneurial company, couples that's watching the show, you know, it's so important for them to understand these type of things. Because so many times what happened at work or you messed this up or you cost me this much money or we lost this client and this type of stuff. That stuff will tell your household apart if you like, sure if you allow. Yeah. Sure will. Definitely. And then what you saying that like the blame, OK, or, you know, casting blame. I think we do a great job of that is <laughs> because we both compromise and we take responsibility for things together so if this happened in our business and it didn't go in a certain way i'll never blame him he doesn't blame me it's kind of like this is what we did even as you know outside of business and just in our home you know if anything isn't the way we expected it to be okay what can we do better you know so that compromise and you guys are a team so just because one person fell a little short and the other person didn't it's still we at the end of the day so uh that's what i advise couples and we kind of know too when our business is like kind of interfering or intertwining in our lives and we'll go and take a break. So we just came back from Puerto Rico. Like we need that time to ourselves. You caught me last week man, we come back from Puerto Rico. I can't make it. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ain't going to go to Puerto Rico. We didn't expect that. 
we yeah. didn't expect to have to stay there an additional day, but we did because of the weather. So, um, yeah, just things like that. And then those lunch dates, you know, hey, let's drop everything. Whoever calls, we'll catch them later. We going to our favorite spot. We may have us a drink in the middle. It's <laughs> <laughs> like something like, but uh, and get back to work. But just just those dates and uh, really reminding ourselves where we started from. And it was a marriage and the business is important, but it's not the most important. Mm. Now, with you guys doing this for so long and having so much success, you're going in the school systems, you you expand in different counties and this type of stuff. What are some of the some of the bigger hurdles that you guys have faced? Or what are some of the mistakes that y'all you guys have learned from? So I ain't made no mistake it, around with you. No, 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 no. That, if, if, you ain't, if you ain't making mistakes, you I don't feel like you, you know, really learning or you really taking the 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 risk that you need to take. Oh, yeah. That that's just a part of entrepreneurship, that's a part of business ownership. Uh, I mean, you know, I look at every every mistake that's been made as a it's, it's a learning lesson. Oh yeah. So it's it's never you never look at it as oh I took you know I took a L or man I can't recover from this loss or uh, or I messed up. You just you you come you, you know you pretty much compartmentalize it and you look at it as all right I did this wrong. What is it that I need to do better? And I think for you know myself personally, it's just. Uh, you know, being a good judgment of character and people and, and just because like uh, you, you get into, you know, leadership roles and, you know, we, we both have a, you know, a, a, a helping spirit where we like we want to see everybody succeed. We want to see other people do well and whatnot. But sometimes some folks aren't deserving of those, you know, opportunities oh, yeah. and whatnot. So you I think, you know, early on, we uh, we kind of had to learn that the hard way. Uh, where we, you know, maybe brought some people on, giving them, you know, great opportunities to, you know, work with work with us and all, and it really wasn't a good fit for us, uh, you know, for both sides. And I think it, that kind of helped us to learn, like, hey, we gotta, you know, we gotta be more systematic in our approach when we're evaluating, you know, talent and evaluating people that we're going to use as a, you know, as partners, you know, with that because. You know, generally, we don't want to look at, you know, folks as just an employee or whatnot. We want to we want to look at you as, you know, family, like you're you're a part of our turnaround family, not just, you know, a worker for us or whatnot. So I think um, like early on, we kind of learned that, OK, we got to be more, you know, just systematic in that approach and, you know, ask the right questions, kind of find out what their expectations are let, and make sure we do a great job of communicating what our expectations are. Uh, whenever you take on a certain role within our organization right. and that way that kind of helps things, you know, move along, you know, a lot more smoothly uh, down the road and whatnot. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Now, now for, for people that's out there growing and scaling businesses and this type of stuff and, and doing similar work or, or doing charity work and this type of stuff, how do you, you start to build these relationships? It's so important in business to be able to get into a, a school system and, and start to grow the business the way that you guys have been able to grow it. Yeah, so I, I think a big thing, I, and I, I'm just, you know, I, she could chime in, you know, if she wants to, but I feel like that's kind of my role uh, as far as, uh, you know, with the marketing aspect and whatnot. So I, I try to set aside, you know, a couple hours out of every day to just, you know, do follow-ups. Uh, whether I either follow up calls with with different clinics and other healthcare providers, 
uh, with certain uh, guidance counselors and whatnot, just from, you know, any type of meetings and uh, events that I've attended. Uh, I try to, you know, make sure we, you know, make ourselves, you know, prevalent and noticed. So, you know, any type of community events uh, or whatnot or any type of uh, of school, you know, uh, system events that are, are put on, we try to make ourselves uh, present and, and known and just, you know, just build relationships for the most part. That's the most important, you know, part of business is just building the relationships. So uh, we try to build relationships with, you know, other leaders in the you know, school system, uh, other healthcare leaders and whatnot, and also with uh, government uh, leaders as well, because uh, the court system and uh, one, one, one in particular with uh, Gwinnett County, which I think they do an amazing job uh, with their uh, court system because they actually have a behavioral health court system in place wow. uh, for individuals who, you know, maybe come in because they have like, you know, certain like substance use disorders or they may have had, you know, a, a run in with the law and it may have been stemmed from, you know, some type of mental, uh, you know, disorder, disability or whatnot. So, just uh, you know, coming in, making making sure that these uh, you know court officials and uh, the, the you know attorney, the attorneys and the judges, making sure that they know that you know who we are and you know what we're about, what our mission is and our vision is for the community and how we're here to serve. So I think that's a you know that plays a big part in you know uh, creating those you know relationships and wow. bonds and you know whatnot. So. Um, I would say I know we're in a time now where we market digitally, but I think that face to face has really done us a lot of justice. So us having the opportunity to work with the children from the juvenile um, courts, we walked to the office and we were like, hey, these are, this is our brochure. This is our mission. This is our value. This is what we want to be able to do and how we can like benefit you and the teens or the juveniles. And so just with us going there and shaking hands and giving our information to them face to face, we were able to build those relationships. And I think that's really where it comes from. Like if you are trying to build a business, you can do digital marketing. That's great. But just going to your consumers and like, like, hey, this is what I offer. This is how we can help you. And um, I think that's another way that we've been able to scale and grow. No, that's, that's so important. I've owned a marketing company now for over 15 years. And that's one of the biggest things working with clients is like, yo, you see these trends come along. And 10 years ago, I could throw you online. You're going to be doing great. Now everybody online. <laughs> so we got to find more unique ways. And it's so funny that people are going more so back to where we started from is actually getting out, talking to people you know, getting those one-on-one -on -one type conversations and this type of stuff, marketing their business versus throwing something on Facebook, thinking somebody can do business mm -hmm. with you. Right. No, that's, that's, that's uh, great that you guys are, uh, are really, really growing like that. And I love that you guys are working with the court system because Lord knows we need some help over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of these kids that deserve a second chance and this type of stuff, it's like I have seen such a rash of teenagers going to jail and it's violent crimes now. Like yeah. it, it ain't even loitering, busting up windows and, and, and breaking in cars no more. They killing folk. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And a lot of times they don't realize, you know, it's, it's something under, it could be something underlying. And, you know, that's where I feel like us and our partnership with uh, different uh, court systems within the state of Louisiana and Georgia, I feel like that's where we, we can come in and help, you know, be the buffer to, you know, help, you know, the, the judges and the officials like, hey, you know, 
maybe this you know child is deserving of a you know a second you know a second chance or not because maybe they haven't had anyone to like sit down with them and really understand you know what's the underlying issue and you know what would help that that behavior was be the result so i think that's you know i'm glad we had it you know mission and that it's it's kind of a fulfilling thing uh i'm glad that you know i, I like my wife she's in a licensed professional counselor by trade. I come from a mathematics and you know analytics background, engineering background myself. Okay. So, uh, but I, I love you know the fact that we get to help people and you know being able to, to pair the two you know along with business. I, I think it's like the perfect you know the perfect blend. Where I mean it's a business. Yes, yes, it is true indeed. But at the end of the day, you get to help people. So, oh yeah, I think that's the you know most fulfilling about it. it, it it's just I don't know. It, it's like you keep hearing these stories. What happened over there on Seventeenth Street with the twelve y'all, and then the other day right over here in uh, Douglas County, they had a birthday party, and two fourteen year olds end up killing some other fourteen year olds. And I'm like, why is it at such a young age, y'all don't value life? And I mean, I guess you can point to violent video games and this type of stuff, and, and social media was supposed to bring us closer together, but it seemed like you're more disconnected because nothing feel real no more. Everything right. so you know digital online is just a screen. How do you how do you start that process of dealing with kids in that type of trouble? So we've never had anyone to that extent, like what you're speaking of, but in the, or in either that, headed that way or even headed that way, absolutely. So um, in that sense, we would like to just see maybe like some family history like is there a history of violence okay um what causes you to be violent what makes you want to is this like acceptance like is someone forcing you to do so so really exploring where these violent thoughts and behaviors even stem from and then getting them to change the way they think and to change the way they feel about violence and to learn to value their own lives along with other people's lives and definitely the consequences. Like oh, yeah. when you start to have a therapy session and you have a patient to like pencil and paper list out uh, the consequences of their actions, their minds and their thoughts start to alter. Mm. And then they start to change their behaviors and the way they do things. So I truly believe it starts with like um, the cognitive behavior. That's our main uh, therapeutic modality. And so your thoughts, you know, impact your feelings, your feelings and your thought impacts your behavior. So really getting them to understand those and acknowledge and be aware of those things and make the proper change they need to stay out of jail and to stay out of prison so that they can be the best person that they can be. Mm -hmm. Now, do y'all deal with like adults and couples and, and that type of therapy as well? Definitely. Yes. We sure do. So if a couple comes in, um, we'll just select which therapist we have on our staff okay. that is the uh, an expert in couple and marriage and family therapy. And so we will assign that couple to that clinician and, you know, just keep it going from there. Uh, as the clinical director, I usually check in. How's the couple doing? Are they on the verge of divorce? Or were you able to help them out and reconcile their relationship? What's going on? But, um, yes, we definitely do provide those services now now one thing that we we all kind of know and pretty much any health field is, is feel with white folks and you look at us it's two percent of us and and uh i think i had an orthopedic doctor on here last time less than two percent in the field less than two percent in chiropractic less than two percent in other fields in areas of health how does that 
kind of work in your in y'all in, in your industry or in this dynamic as far as being a black couple running this center and this type of stuff because i know how important it is to have people that look like you and understand you counseling you versus somebody that ain't never been anywhere close to your life mm -hmm. but how does that impact you guys is that more helpful to you to be in your industry or is it a, a kind of a stigma like it is in a lot of other ones uh, personally i feel like it we, we you know kind of have I, I feel like we're at a premium to be in our industry uh and you know to be black owned and you know black led organization in mental health uh, like, I, I guess we we kind of get it from the feedback where, you know, we go to these, uh, you know, chamber of commerce meetings and we go to some of these other events. And when we tell folks the you know, industry and our background and, you know, our, and tell them about our organization, they they light up, you know, light up. They're like, wow, like, should we, we want to, you know, we want to be partnered with you or we want to work with you or whatnot, or we want to learn more, you know, about you guys and whatnot, because, I mean, we have they have such an underserved you know community of you know, oh, yeah. individuals especially uh minorities uh black hispanic and hispanics and and, and etc and they're like you know we, we haven't found anyone because a lot of times like parents they they may want the help for themselves and their families and their kids but they don't feel comfortable you know with the you know the what's available out there oh yeah so uh like with us coming in I mean, there are some other, uh, you know, other black-owned great organizations out there as well, but it's it's not enough of us, especially for the, you know, the uh, for the statistics that are out there, like the the percentages and the number of, you know, uh, help that's actually needed for the amount of people that's you know really suffering with, you know, different types of you know mental mental uh, health and substance abuse disorders. So I, I think that you know. That's kind of been uh, that's kind of contributed to you know our growth and uh, the scale. I mean, we're to a point now where we, we like we don't have enough you know uh, providers and clinicians on wow. staff because I mean we're getting such high demand and you know such so many requests you know at a time for folks who are looking at like man you, you guys you know have any black males and I mean these people are calling in asking specifically wow. for what they want like hey I I need a black male counselor you know for my for my son or whatnot and I, I'm just thinking because this was like a call we took like. Maybe yes, this was yesterday or, or Monday of this week, but they were like, I, "I'm looking for a black male specifically." So, and I mean, that's that wasn't the first, you know, time that's happened. I mean, it's happened numerous times, and you know, this this that's why I feel like you know, just being, you know, like black owned and black led organization in the mental health uh, field, it's it's you know, it's a great thing uh, oh, yeah. at this time, especially with you know all of the notoriety and. the uh, the spotlight being put on mental health, even from a government standpoint, the government they're they're you know dumping uh, you know tons of money into you know into the budget for you know mental health uh, providers and whatnot because they know that it's you know an underserved community and, and we have you know a high high need uh, for the for that service at this time. So that's a great thing. I think also too when our patients. Uh, are aware that we are black owned. They really are excited. And sometimes I believe it's motivational, especially for the teenagers, um, even in the drug, the, um, excuse me, mental health court, we were able to uh, see one of the, you know, our current clients go 
she's she went through the process already but when she found out about david and i and that we were owners of a business she was like i have a business as well and this is what i do and this <laughs> is this is what i have and so i feel like she was just like motivated and she felt like there was hope for her to be a black woman and to own her own business so i think we give um others hope and i do believe like doctor's office and other people who refer to us, they like the fact that we're young and, you know, we're trying and we are putting our best foot forward to help others in the community. And so they associate themselves with us and they give us clients because they feel like we have the tools, the knowledge and the competency to get the job done. Wow. Now, now do y'all still running into that old stigma about mental health in the black community or do you starting to see that the black community is a lot more accepting I, of I, this type of help? Yes, great question. I think that we are a lot more accepted mm -hmm. uh, across the board. Uh, I've been a therapist now since 2012, and I can see the difference. It's like, hey, I need help, and there's no embarrassment. There's no shame there. Um, I'm quite sure there still is, but those um, those levels have definitely gone down. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I think it's attributed to just all of the uh, the notion and all of the uh, attention that mental health has been getting over the past few years, especially I think uh, the pandemic kind of, like I said before, oh, yeah. it magnified, <laughs> it magnified <laughs> mental health uh, to a you know to a tremendous degree, and I think that's kind of carried on to where folks don't feel you know uh, issues you know with hey I need some help or I need counseling or I want to you know seek getting some professional help whatnot and i i mean i think well we were watching a show uh just uh, the other day and i mean they you can even see it just in our in, in the in the tv uh media and uh, and some of the content that's being put out there they mention the mental health or they'll have a you know an episode that's you know centered around someone and you know just the, some of the you know underlying issues and, yeah. and mental mm -hmm. You know disorders that they may be dealing with so now you just you, you see it popping up you know more and more often and i think that's a great thing to you know kind of get that conversation started so people can start you know moving in that direction because like like you said i mean it's for for years and years we've had that, that stigma like so you, you you got a problem man you need to take it to jesus <laughs> you know and whatnot and like I you know no one's that. saying no, right. right no one's saying you know nothing wrong with relying on your you know spirituality and your religion but there's also other you know other other ways to, to deal with it in addition to that and you need that extra support just to have someone because it always helps when you have you know someone from the outside you know looking in to kind of help you help guide you along when you versus you trying to like internalize it and, and just trying to self-diagnose yourself like sometimes you need that you know that counselor to sit on the other side of the table or sit you know on yeah. the couch from you and and kind of like help you process some things and like and, and you know the great thing you know a great tactic that uh our counselors and stuff use is you know with, with the cognitive behavior piece is you know writing down like your behaviors and things of that sort and the consequences that you know goes with you know those behaviors so like just having someone you know just to sit across from you and kind of help you know, navigate you, navigate you to, you know, the point where, you know, you feel like you can, you know, be the, uh, the productive and, you know, quality person that you, oh, yeah. that you want to be. 
No, you, know? it, you definitely sometimes need more description for some help. <laughs> right. right. Now, now, another big thing y'all talked about was, you know, substance abuse counseling and this type of stuff. And, and we in this day and age, once again, where weed is the thing. Now. It's cool to smoke weed. A lot of parents smoke it and this type of stuff. What do y'all tell, you know, kids about, you know, because in our generation, it was still, it wasn't necessarily even taboo in, our gener in my generation coming up. I was around Tupac and, and Big and this type of stuff. It was cool and this type of stuff. And they still talked about that gateway drug mentality. But it's like now it's so much more accessible. You can go into any smoke shop, get the fake stuff. You can get a prescription, get the real stuff. You Everybody knows somebody that's got it and this type of stuff. How do y'all deal with teens and, and, and marijuana and that type of thing? Uh, with substance abuse, you always start off with the detrimental effects of substance abuse. So whatever their choice of drugs is, hey, let's look at this list of things that could possibly happen long term if you continue to use. Let's think about how it's affecting you at this time. Like, are you really productive, as productive as you could possibly be? Is it interfering with your relationships? Are you able to complete things? Are you just, you know, how much money are you spending? Or, you know, you could be using it for stocks and bonds instead of <laughs> uh, instead of using it to, you know, buy marijuana or whatever their drug of choice is. So I always, always, always go back to the consequences, how it can affect you long term and then let them decide to um, build their treatment upon that. Like, OK, look, I do see how it's affecting me. All right. So these are the changes that I do want to make. Um, this is how we're going to do it. And it's not going to happen overnight. Hey, we're going to just break it down. We'll dwindle down. So uh, we just come up with a treatment plan and just see if they are wholeheartedly willing to quit first. And <laughs> Give it uh, my choice. Okay? Right, right. And then as a family, like you said, mom may smoke, dad, it's acceptable in the family. So if yep. it's acceptable in a family, you got one person trying to stop, then he almost defeated, you know, oh, yeah. it's, he's surrounded by it. So how do you help the entire nucleus of the family stop and see the importance of stopping? But also, too, substance abuse is used. Substance usage is usually prevalent when there's untreated mental health. Okay. So you may be suffering from mood swings and, you know, bipolar, depression, anxiety, but their marijuana helps you or you think it's helping you in the time. So you're self-medicating with those things. So now this is when your mental health treatment comes in and we are tackling the bipolar, the trauma and all those things so that you can prevent you from using substances in order to cope. So it is uh you just have to do a thorough evaluation and figure out you know what their goals are for using and just let them know like hey there's other ways to cope with things what 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 does a healthy mental uh a mentally healthy individual look like in 2023 <laughs> <laughs> because I, I think people confuse it of is that ain't nothing wrong with me I ain't got no problems or you know I'm happy all the time and all this type of stuff but it's kind of like you fooling yourself. Mm. But what what does a, a truly mentally healthy person look like? That is an outstanding question right there. <laughs> okay, this is uh, just from the looks of things. Someone who's able to take care of all of their responsibilities. Okay. Um, enjoy things that they 
like to do. So if you're a traveler, you make sure that you travel, you know, you implement things that make you happy. Uh, if someone is exercising every single day, or even if it's, you know, three to five times a week, this person is demonstrating a mentally healthy person. Nobody is really 100% mentally healthy okay we all know so i'm fooling myself <laughs> yeah. so nobody is but we all have learned different strategies and different coping mechanisms along the way in order to help us to manage. that's oh, yeah. it you know we may have a mom that's suffering from depression and we've learned these behaviors but we like hey you know you, you notice certain things okay i notice when i feel this way i'm gonna go to the gym or i notice i'm all one of my friends, I'm going to do something that I enjoy in order to offset these type of feelings. So that's really a mentally healthy person. When you're able to recognize um, that there's some type of the symptoms and you're able to replace them with something like healing or you, whether you meditate, yoga, whatever that is, that's a mentally healthy person. Recognizing the issue and then utilizing a skill or whatever makes you happy to cope with it. That's a mentally healthy person. Wow. Uh, before I let y'all out of here, tell me a little bit about the foundation. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so we, we we started a foundation a couple of years ago called the Dave Rincin Takia Jeros Foundation. And it's uh, it's pretty much, we, we didn't want to venture uh, too far off from, you know, what our focus is, which is mental health. Okay. And uh, we, we noticed that uh, there, there's a lot of times where folks don't have the proper, you know, coverage that cover them for the uh, mental health, okay. uh, you know, mental health care that they need. So we uh, started a foundation uh, that raises funds. Uh, like I say, it's uh, David and Takia Gerald's foundation dot com. And uh, what we do is we you know, use those uh, funds in order to provide the services that people need for mental health as well as help those who are, you know, suffering with uh, homelessness. Okay. And and that's another thing because like, uh, like say for instance, in Atlanta, uh, we have a high population yeah, it's, of, it's of homeless problem. people. And and a lot of times when we go, cause we, we take time to, you know, feed the homeless and, and do some other things, get them toiletries and things of that sort. But we notice like a lot of those, you know, homeless folks, they do have some sort of you know, mental illness or substance use disorder. Which, oh, yeah. you know, which kind of helped, which kind of, you know, aided leading them to the homelessness or whatnot. So uh, with the foundation, uh, we just felt, you know, that it was necessary to, you know, put it together to help those types of folks who uh, who are suffering, you know, with the homelessness and the mental health or one or the other. So uh, I, I, we're excited about it. Uh, you know, we, we you know, definitely put our best foot forward and, you know, just seeing to it that it, it came to fruition. It started as a, you know, started as an idea and a and a thought as we were, you know, going through this, uh, you know, this uh, mental health care journey uh, that we've been on. And like I said, we just, you know, started, you know, noticing and wanted to do something about it and find a solution in order for everyone, you know, to get the, you know, services and the help that they need. Uh, like our vision is to uh, provide you know, quality care to every person that we serve and, uh, and the and mission is to enhance the mental health and well-being of, of everyone we come in contact with. So that's something we, you know, believe on, believe in and that we uh, lean on.
No, that, that's amazing. I've seen so many people, and and honestly, the homelessness thing it, it, it is running rampant. It, it's just spreading, getting worse and worse because almost every area outside the perimeter now that you go to, you're starting to see more and more homeless people. Yeah. But, and I've worked and helped with a lot of different organizations. None of them have ever tried to address the mental health. Yeah, I want to give them somewhere to stay. Let's give them haircuts. Let's give them something to eat. Mm -hmm. But none of them want to address the mental health. So I think that's that's just super commendable that you guys are really, really looking at the basis of the problem. Because I think that is what fixes it versus mm -hmm. let exactly. me give him something to eat today. Exactly. Right. He's going to be hungry tomorrow. Right. <laughs> but let me exactly. give him something to eat today. Mm -hmm. Well, definitely, man. Thank you all so much for coming through and, and talking to me and telling me your story. If anybody wants to get your services or is in need of your services, how do they get in contact with the Turnaround Community Outreach Center? Yeah, so uh, we're we're on all the social media platforms. You can find us on IG at, at Turnaround Community, uh, or you can uh, find uh, Takia and I's personal page. I'm Daverin, D-A-V-E-R-I-N underscore Geralds. She's Takia underscore Geralds, T-E-K-I-A, same last name. Uh, we also, uh, like I said, you can uh, locate the center at uh, turnaroundlives.com. That's www.turnaroundlives.com. Uh, the foundation can be found at Daverin and Takia Gerald's foundation.com. And uh, just, you know, anyone that's, you know, in need of help, suffering with, you know, anxiety, depression, uh, you know, bipolar disorder, ADHD, uh, you can, you know, sign up and get your uh, behavioral health assessment. And that's just the, you know, first step to, you know, getting on that journey uh, of healing. So, uh, like I said, you know, find us on one of those mediums uh, and, you know, someone will, you know, be able to you know, contact you and get you set up and get you squared away. Wow. Now, do I have to be in your county or in one of the counties that you serve to, to get help with your services? Or is it just basically the nine counties that you're working in? Yeah. So, uh, uh, is it, we, we just uh, we just recently started uh, servicing in Georgia lad, at the end of last year, okay. but I believe we're, we're in uh, Hall County, Gwinnett, uh, Fulton, uh, uh, DeKalb County, Cobb Douglas. County, Douglas County. Uh, so, uh, you know, majority of the, you know, counties in the uh, greater Atlanta area. Okay. So Sorry. anyone, you know, uh, in that area, we're, we're able to service you uh, as far as up as Forsyth County as well. Uh, like and and a great thing about our services, I don't know if we mentioned before, we are community based. So right. our therapists and counselors, they do go out to the into the homes and see wow. uh, folks as well. So I mean, you can do a you can do an appointment via telehealth, or you can do an appointment with us uh, in your home as well. So that's kind of you know our our basis of services, and that's uh, kind of a, a little bit of our niche. So uh, you know, a lot of times folks don't. You know, have may not have the travel or the other, you know, the commuting purposes, you know, the commuting you know, needs that they need in order to go into a, you know, the office or whatnot. But hey, we can meet you halfway. We, you know, our, our counselors, like I said, come into your homes. You can come into the office if you, you know, feel the need to, or we uh, provide help via uh, telehealth services. So, wow, how did how did telehealth still work? 
<laughs> Is that that really work? Yes, it does. It does. And then um, so our counselors, they will just ask you, do you prefer me to come into your home or would you prefer telehealth? And for some people, you remember, if we go back to that uh, family of eight in a two bedroom, at least that person can leave and go outside and okay. speak to their counselor, you know, instead of the counselor being in the home and there's no privacy or confidentiality. So it, it works pretty well. And a lot of people are gravitating towards um, telehealth. It keeps them from having to drive and leave their home. <laughs> yeah. They can go and do it in the privacy of their own home. So, yeah, and I know mm -hmm. we're wrapping up, but as he said before, if you are a male counselor or a female counselor, we are definitely looking for providers, uh, psychiatrists. Um, we are open to uh, hiring new people. So we have a definitely a growing population of clients and we need the best counselors in the state of Georgia in order to provide these services. And Louisiana. And Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, just one last thing for for we let you out of here. How did you actually get into the mental health field? Why did you decide mental health? Mm, okay, so I was already in the mental health field before David and I got married. And um, so <clears throat> his mother actually worked at a mental health facility in Baton Rouge. And she called him. She said, hey, the owner of this company wants to sell it and get rid of it. So then there was a business acquisition, you know, presented to us. Wow. And um, I went down there to train and he spoke with the, uh, the previous owner. You know, we corresponded multiple times and we figured out we felt like we could handle it with the amount of clients she had and, you know, the revenue and all those type of things. And so then we ended up taking over the company March of 2020. So this is wow. our year three as mental health. Well, definitely. Uh, congratulations to that. Cause it, it's hard to make past year one. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you make it a year three, you selling right along. Yeah, you doing selling great. right along. Yeah. Well, uh, once again, it has been another episode of the number one rated business show. If anybody needs, uh, any services in the mental health arena, if you need any type of help for your child, you need counseling, or you just need somebody to talk to, uh, I definitely recommend that y'all reach out to Turnaround Community Outreach because they are doing amazing things. They are helping so many, so many people. Once again, their website or, or number, just one place that people can go if they if they want to get in contact with you guys. It's www.turnaroundlives.com and you can reach us at uh, 678-727-73. 678-737-7727. That's her part. <laughs> I take it down and get the number from her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, until next time, we'll be back with another great guest, another uh, great story. But like I say, uh, keep in touch or, or just follow these people on social media. They're doing wonderful things. Just being connected to them is going to help benefit your life. Uh, until next time. Uh, it has been another wonderful ride right here on the number one rated business show, and we are out.